Do you know how to edit these or does Schwammy do it? Oh, he knows. I'm, I'm trying to learn. <laughs> no fucks. <laughs> Dude, I did that ad read for three chives. Yeah, and, and you flushed her right at the end. It was hilarious. <laughs>
uh, winner from Australia, Mr. Mr. Mullet, Cam Smith. Thanks, babe. Made me a little cash over the weekend. We'll, uh, if at the discretion of Scrode, we'll walk through not only the uh, the victory of Cam Smith and what that means for professional golf, but also what that means for uh, Scrode's pocketbook as well. Uh, and and the craps table eventually. <laughs> and the craps table as well. Uh, also, uh, we had teased a little bit in the uh, the previous weeks that we would discuss uh, some live golf. We have not. We might this week. The biggest domino fell. Correct. For me. David Flaherty. We'll get there. Uh, Transitioning out of golf, uh, I'll I'll walk you through some baseball stuff. We have talked nil baseball up to this point, uh, but again, the the all-star break is a good halfway point to kind of reflect and see uh, where we're at, what teams are performing, what to expect moving forward. There's some tremendous winning and losing streaks that have been taking place uh, in Major League Baseball uh, that positioned some folks in interesting positions, and Boston Red Sox gave up uh, more than three touchdowns last night to Toronto. I guess we can hit on that if we absolutely needed to. And then we're fact checkers. We uh, we got some more football to talk about. We uh, dabbled in on uh, episode four of the podcast. We talked some, oh, probably for a good 30 minutes of football. We talked about the Chiefs. We talked about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and we're going to do a little bit of fact-checking on some things that I had mentioned about Aaron Rodgers and some of the re- receivers that he has thrown to in the past. Uh, and this has all come up because we're trying to figure out the worth of Devontae Adams. And if we go beyond that, uh, the topics won't have anything to do with sports anymore. They could have to do with Stranger Things. They could have to do with Megalodon documentaries. They could have to do with anything that <laughs> that Strode has been streaming in the last week. Free energy documentaries. <laughs> Not sure what that means, but I didn't watch we'll, that. We'll get there, baby. <laughs> so <laughs> let's uh, let's go right off the top. Let's go to hockey. NHL free agency. Johnny Hockey, we talked about that uh, significantly last week. Talked about his move uh, from Calgary. I guess it wasn't unexpected that he was going to move from Calgary, but was unexpected that he ended up in Columbus. Uh, leaving Matthew Kachuk on the roster, and now Matthew Kachuk gone. Uh, walk us through, <clears throat> walk us through where he went, the players in that deal. I'm seeing, I guess, a little bit uh, as you walk us through some of the players that are in that deal. Maybe this isn't a huge loss for Calgary, so talk about that. Um, no, I don't think it's a huge loss for Calgary. Um, maybe more of a moral loss because they lost their two star players on their top line. Um, however, they got a great defenseman. Well, not great defense. We have a Norris vote receiving defenseman in Wegar. Um, the last two the last two years, he was somewhere in the seventh and eighth in the voting. So, not the top, but still receiving votes as one of the top defensemen in the league. Uh, Huberto matched. Kachuk in points last season um he set the record for left winger uh left winger points in the season I believe um I think Calgary came out great on the deal um Florida I I don't know what you benefit I mean I guess Kachuk's younger but you lose Wegar, who is a kind of a staple in your back your back your defensive back and you're already weak there um 
that is one of their that's their Achilles heel right now, and they just lost a, a big part of their defense. So I don't I don't see it as strong as a trade for Florida as everyone might think. So I think I'm seeing some some similar reactions on Twitter at least. Again, the, the source of all things real. Uh, looking just from, uh, I'm sure he won't mention Puck Daddy Greg Wyshynski uh, on Twitter. Huberto had a higher points per at uh, 2.68 points per game than Kachuk uh, at 2.46. And was Gaudreau, was he part of that deal as well? It looks like they've got him specked out at 2.55 points per game in the last three seasons. So let me just walk through that one more time. Points per 60? Uh, yes, points per 60. So Huberto had a higher points per 60 at 2.68 than Kachuk at 2.46. I mean, is Kachuk's toughness worth losing that much? I guess that's what you have to think about for Florida, and I don't think it is. Kachuk's a great player. I'd love to have him. Uh, like I said, I'd love to have him for the Devils. Uh, we struck out again. Um, but You landed a lot. We struck out again. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, I, I don't think it's as great of a move for Florida as everyone thinks it is. I, I don't. So what, in your opinion, what initiated this deal for Kachuk to get out of Calgary? It, it I guess based off of what you're telling me, it doesn't sound like this was probably something initiated from the Florida side. This was more of an initiation from either Calgary and or Kachuk in some fashion to get out of Calgary, correct? Well, I think I think Kachuk was kind of pivoting off of whatever Goudreau did. Goudreau made his decision, and <clears throat> Kachuk was in in the talks for a contract extension, which he received, I believe it's a eight by nine contract um what does that mean eight years nine million dollars i believe that's it's somewhere in the neighborhood there um again never quote me on anything ask casters um but yeah I, I i don't know i kachuk goes there um i think i don't know if it's an organizational issue i know that they're trying calgary's trying to get a new arena i i don't know um I really don't know. So what what does what does Calgary have left? They got uh, Mangio Mangiopani. Um, I probably pronounced his last name or last name wrong. Um, they have Markstrom and Goal, who's great def- or great um, keeping the puck out. Um, I don't think Calgary's going to be that bad off. Um, they they're going to get Wegar, who's a solid defenseman. Um, Hubert Oak is going to fill in, I think, nicely for the remaining years he has left on that contract. Um, I don't think they're going to compete for the West as much as they did. Maybe they have to make a few more moves. But um, for for losing Goudreau and for losing Kachuk all in the same offseason, I don't think they came out as bad as they could have. So remind me, I know they were a playoff team last year, but remind me, how far did they get last year? I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they were an exciting team going into the playoffs, and then that flame kind of burned. Oh, oh, oh hey! I, I feel like they lost their steam and got bounced fairly early in the proceedings, and I don't, I don't even remember it being uh, particularly competitive. 
Um, holy crap. Um, there we go. Um, sorry, what were you saying? So just talking about like where Calgary was at last year with the players that they had in place with Johnny Hockey and Matthew Kachuk. I remember they were in the playoffs, but I don't really remember them uh, making much noise. Oh, they that. did. They, they got to um, the second round in the Battle of Alberta. And they had a hell of a series. I mean, I think it went six game, five or six games, but, I mean, every game was just <clears throat> intensely um, fascinating to watch. I mean, just up and down hockey. The series against Edmonton. Yes. Okay. Um, they have a lot of talent. They, are, they were looking to be a force in the West, and then I don't think they're going to be that force anymore. Um, I think they're not far off. They have a few moves to make to get themselves there. Um, but for losing your two best players, two franchise players in the same offseason, Calgary, hats off to you. I think you did a great job. So maybe like borderline playoff team next next season? Um, let me pull. Let's pull up. Let's pull up the old teams. Boop, boop, boop. This is where Shawe would play um, Jeopardy music or... <laughs> Um, or anything. Or anything, yeah. We, uh, we're we not as talented as Shawe, so we're just kind of bullshitting our way through it. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to have to cut this out. Okay. <laughs> so I'm showing Calgary, at least as far as what they did in the season last year, regular season, uh, showing in the Pacific that they were, that they were, I mean, they were at the tops of the division. They had 111 points. Uh, and, I mean, man, Edmonton was behind them, but it, not necessarily particularly close. Edmonton had 104 as far as their points versus the Calgary that had 111. So, I mean, it looks, I guess, going in that they had a solid regular season team. Goal differential, something that we talk about all the time. Schwammy makes fun of us for, but a big thing. Plus 85 goal differential. They can put the puck in the net. And they, like I said, Markstrom is a great goalie. Um, I, You know, now that you're kind of looking at things, um, yeah, maybe borderline. Um, I think they're a better team than Vegas. They're a better team than Vancouver. Winnipeg has fallen off. Um, Sorry to our uh, listeners out in San Jose. Probably not going to be relevant to this conversation. Yeah, San San Jose not looking. I... <laughs> Seattle also. I know we have a download or two from you guys. Sorry, you guys got some work to do. <laughs> um. Yes, yeah, so Calgary, I think, that, yeah, they'll probably complete, compete for a wild card at least. Um, but, I mean, L.A.'s getting better. Um, I, I expect big things from L.A. next year. Um, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, Calgary, I don't think they came out too bad. Fair enough. So, uh, free agency-wise, NHL, anything else you want to touch on? My Devils, I just, I can feel the pain. 
it it just hurts me to go through this offseason. And I know we got the big prize Dougie Hamilton last year in last year's offseason. And the wording Goudreau used that he was thankful that Columbus called at the last second. Oh, no, I don't think we've talked about Oh, yeah, he, he mentioned that Columbus called at the last second, and I believe it was on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Um, he mentioned that Columbus called last second and made an offer, and he was grateful, and it sounds like he wasn't New Jersey wasn't the attractive offer. And in previous years, their front office has been sought after from the holy with Lou Lamarillo. So, okay, so what, say that again. Their front, their front office has been amazing. New Jersey. Yes. Okay, so walk um, us through that. And even though they've been, they have a Yankees kind of old school mentality, the Steinbrenner, no facial hair, no tattoos kind of thing. Um, players love playing in New Jersey. Um, you listen to any previous players, they love playing for New Jersey. But now, given what Goudreau said and not landing... Kachuk. Kachuk, I... Uh, I don't know if my trust is failing in the front. Not failing. It's waning in the front office. Um, I I, I don't think we have the winning pieces. I think Jack is the future for sure. I think. Jack Hughes. Jackie Hughes. I believe he's the future. Nico is a great, uh, great, great captain for us. Um, But I don't think right now we have the pieces in place to be successful. Okay, so this might be the last time for quite some time that we talk about NHL free agency. I could be wrong on that. There could be some moves that come up here in the next couple of weeks as we get into the the later stages of summer where we might talk about NHL free agency again and the Devils. But where we leave off right now, where are the Devils, your team, which is why we're talking about them, where where are they prospect-wise next season? Are they... Are they... Are they going to fight for a playoff berth, or are they still too far away? They're not going to fight for a playoff berth. (laughs) (laughs) They had one of the worst goaltending situations in the league last year. So they get Vanacek. We'll see how he does. They signed him to a three-year extension. We'll see how that goes, but I don't think they have. I think they're too young. They don't have the pieces there yet. Was Vanacek even a starter? No, he wasn't. Um, No. Um, Samsonov was the starter and got injured, so Vanacek played an overwhelming amount of games this year. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood is getting healthy for the New Jersey Devils, so their their game plan is to have Mackenzie Blackwood and um, Vanacek split time. But Mackenzie Blackwood struggled with injuries and struggled with the with his confidence. To be completely honest, last season, um, so I still their goaltending situation um, still needs to be proven. Um, it's not anything to be sought after. It sounds like they got quite a, a liability potentially in that for sure into next season. So, anything else you got on your your Devils? No, I we you know we need to get on. From that disappointment in my life. <laughs> so, transitioning into golf, which we have not talked much about at all in our first four podcasts. Open Championship just wrapped up. 
Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Cam Smith is the winner. Not totally unexpected. 22 to 1. We'll walk through that here in just a second. There's uh, the that was the last major for for golf this this season, and I think golf's got a good thing going for it. I mean, we love Tiger, revolutionary generational golfer, but obviously getting up there in age, we can't trust on on him anymore to to bring these majors home. Even though, from a gambling perspective and a fan perspective, it's very very interesting to watch. I threw down on Tiger to win just because of the unbelievable payoff. Obviously, wasn't anywhere close, uh, which was a little bit surprising at St. Andrews at the old course this uh, this time around because some of the thought was with Tiger specifically that the first two majors he was able to make the cut and the uh, basically the, the altitude or the changes in elevation as you walk those two courses that uh, he played for the first two majors had significantly more elevations to provide stress on his his body and his uh, his legs as he walked those courses. St. Andrews has really never been that way, so the thought was that maybe he might have a uh, a, a prayer, but uh, did not shoot well. But transitioning away from Tiger too, who actually uh, the players that were able to win championships this uh, this year, all four championships won by players less than thirty years old. So uh, golf is in a, in a good spot. So let's talk about that. Well, and Rory, I, I think the understory is Rory. Um, I there was a stat out there, and again, ask casters. I am not a uh, sucker for details, so I'm going to get it a little wrong probably. But something like he outscored um, like 98 percentile of the um, of the last or the four majors, and still didn't come away with one. Do you know that stat that you're referencing? So Rory was I even close? No, you were close. So Rory uh, basically won or outscored more than 98 percent of golfers in the field for the four majors this specific year, and ran away with zero majors. On on, I mean, it, you hurt to see that for Rory, and I love Rory. Um, I. Kind of when I was starting to really fall in love with golf, Rory was getting big. Um, he was just coming up on the scene, um, so that it really hurt to watch him and to see he was putting the ball well during the British Open. He just never got one to fall. It seemed. I mean, maybe not putting well, but he was putting to where you thought a few would fall in his favor to win it, and they just never. Gravity never took over. So, so to that point, I think I may have a stat that uh, will shine some light on exactly what you're saying. So going into the fourth round of the Open Championship, which just took place. So Rory was tied with Victor Hovland at, like, I want to say it was 13 under. I think that was the number that they were at. Maybe a little bit higher. I think it was somewhere in there. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Uh, but anyway, tied for the lead. For the purpose of this stat, that's why that's relevant. Rory became the first player, I believe, in major championship history to lead or co-lead going into the final round and hit every green in regulation in the final round and lose the championship. So he he was there, obviously. He was giving the balls onto the dance surface that he needed to. Just could not hit a putt. Couldn't dance. Could not. Well, I mean, he was dancing. 
He just failed while he was dancing. Yeah, I mean, semantics. Um, yeah, it was it was tough to watch, but it was also on the flip side, um, kind of dealing with golf's identity problem. It was good to see Cam Smith cash in. He's been lurking in the last couple majors, um, plus twenty two hundred um, to start out on. I think it was Thursday morning, Wednesday night. Sure. I think. Um, but his putting on the opposite spectrum was just amazing. Um, he seemed like he hit that, that stretch on the final round and it just seemed like he couldn't miss and he was unflappable. Um, it was, it was great to watch. I'm glad he hit his strike, his streak streak or whatever you want to call it. He, he found whatever it was, um, Got his major. Um, seems like a very likable dude. You gotta love a mullet, and gotta love the mullet. <laughs> gotta love the mullet and the I don't the the whiskery mustache he has going on. Um, and then uh, saying or asking or trying to figure out how many beers fit in the claret jug. Um, I think you can get more than two in there. I huh. I think you can get two more than two. Depends. I mean. I've, I've seen it in real life. Like, I've been up close to it. You can get more than two. I'm thinking you can get about 32 ounces of beer in there. What you're saying is you've actually seen the Claire Jug in person. Yeah, I, 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 yes. yeah. No big deal. But, um, right, this is this is like Schwammy, like knowing all the coaches in hockey that have ever coached in the history of the game. Yeah, I mean, this is my one cool thing. Um, you can probably fit more than three. I mean, I'm going 32. Many pints. Yeah, that's a quart. That would be your cue. To I, your P's and Q's. I don't measure in those those liters that you speak of. Well, what's a 30-pack? 30 times 12? That's a lot of math. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, Cam Smith, good to see him. Uh, there were a lot of big names at the top of the leaderboard. D- Dustin Johnson, you want to talk about odds going into the Open. So, Cam Smith won it at, at 22-1, to 1, which you hit twice, which we didn't talk about the awesomeness of how you did that. We can if we need to. I mean, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> so, okay, so are you willing to disclose? Oh, yeah. Um, so, boys and girls, I, I kind of figure that Cam Smith was, he was, he's been doing well. So, um, and even, I, I even thought, like, the last major, I text our friend, Miss, Miss Lindsay in Scotland. I text her and I said, hey, Cam Smith is the real deal. Hashtag Lindsay. We're going to reach out to you later. We already have. Oh, but sorry, Lindsay. Our, our heat map we'll hasn't. You again. Yeah, our heat map hasn't shown anything in Scotland yet, so we're we're heart we're heartbroken. But um, yeah, you and Christian need to listen in. But anyway, I, I text Lindsay. I said Cameron Smith is the real deal, and so I ended up betting on him. Um, and my phone froze when I bet on him. So I hit the button twice, and I ended up betting double what I would have on the whole field. (laughs) (laughs) And watched nervously. (laughs) Double nervous. Uh, Yeah, watched doubly nervous for the uh, next four days. And um, uh, so I I came away a winner there and then um, thought, you know what? Let's just go to the craps table and see how we do. And then we did better. So it was a great week. It, it sounds like a lot of the folks that have bet on golf actually had that bet in for Cam Smith, which kind of drives me nuts because I did not have that bet in for Cam Smith, which hurt a little bit. I, I came into the 
the final day uh, with Rory and Victor Hovland, who I bet at plus five thousand. I was I was they they were tied for the lead, uh, both Rory and Victor Hovland going into the final round. But I I was not excited going into that final round because I just knew that I was going to get my heart ripped out based off of how well Rory was playing. And the names behind Rory and Victor Hovland going into the last day, those were big names. So, like, folks like Cam Smith coming up there and shooting as well as they did, not completely unexpected. Scotty was up there. Uh, Scotty Scheffler was up there. Um, never Dustin, made a big push. Dustin. Dustin Johnson gave it a run. He was 30-1 before... Uh, tee off, so he was somebody that uh, people felt that could, could make some, uh, not only make a run, but make some serious money at the same time. Well, is that the transition? <laughs> um, I don't think he needs the money anymore, but that's what it's about for him, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you want to tackle this one. Uh, so it's live golf. It's live golf, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've never been offered a hundred million dollars to play anything. I also have never won ten million dollars for anything or two million dollars, so I have no idea what it's like to have that amount of money. But it seems like at some point you're pretty comfortable with how much money you have. Where you can make a decision saying, you know what, this excess money coming from nefarious backgrounds is not for me. Unless you're Phil Mickelson, and then we know you've spent all your money previously and you need to make more money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know... I. I I don't want to be put a holier-than-thou perspective on this, but it hurts. It hurts as a fan to see. And I guess I can say that it hurts as a fan to see. And the one that really killed me was David Faraday. Um, I have been following David Faraday since I was 15 and really started getting into golf. Um, heard about his story. Heard about him losing the Scottish Open. <laughs> like. Heard about his recovery story from alcohol, which resonated with me. Um, I love David Faraday, and I haven't seen his his comments on um, his decision to go to live. Um, I'm curious to see, but um, that one that one hurt. That one that one that one hurt. Yeah. So, man, it's. It's frustrating. I, I didn't think... I hate talking about this because I hope Lyft golf fails like, tremendously and oh, yeah. they do it sooner rather than later. I don't know if that's exact. I think eventually Live Golf is going to fail. And I'll, I'll give you the reason for that here in just a second. But let me walk you through. When we're talking about the, the state of, of Live Golf right now, the event that they've got coming here... Let's see. Is this this week or next week? I think next week. The event in Bedminster for Live Golf. Here's your here here's the people that are Bedminster owned by Man. Look it up, Pass Casters. 
So Dustin Johnson seven to one odds. Bryson DeChambeau science ten to one. Uh, Mr. Answer from Mexico. I forget his first name. Abraham. Abraham answered the moment. Uh, Twelve to one. Louis Oosthuizen, Taylor Gooch at fourteen to one. Patrick Reed sixteen to one. Brooks Kepka down at twenty to one. I still don't know if he's healthy. Brandon Grace, Jason Kosrat, Jason Kokrak, Paul Casey, Sergio Garcia, who left his European Is tour. Is Jason Kokrak his actual name? Yeah, it's his name. Coke Coke Coke? Coke uh, it's K-O-K-R-A-K is his name. He's a good golfer. He's at 25 to 1. And Phil Mickelson all the way down there at 150 to 1. But the point being is that that's actually that's not a shitty list of golfers. I mean, those are those are names that we uh, well, those are names that most people that follow golf know. So, again, I think I think that Live Golf is eventually going to fail because you're not going to be able to have Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau week week uh, win week after week, and you're going to have some of these other names that you just do not know win week after week. But you're Liv not golf's got some momentum. You're not going to get stories like Zach Johnson who at one point was living out of his car um, trying to make it on tour and then ends up winning two majors. You're not going to get stories like that on the Live Golf Tournament. I don't think anybody that watches golf is going to make a distinction about what the golfer's story is, for the most part. Uh, true. I, and I, 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 I'm an avid golfer. I mean, our grandpa got us into golf way back when. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a little... A little personally offended by it, but um, I don't know. So I, I will I will admit that I'm a little bit surprised that I did not think that Live Golf was going to continue to have the momentum of bringing uh, golfers in. Uh, maybe not on a weekly basis, but in every other week basis where they've got an announcement that they've got people coming in to Live Golf. So uh, from that standpoint, I, I am surprised, but I do feel that like if we look from, from the long term... It looking at looking at what golf looks like in 24 months, 36 months, and even beyond that, there, there's live golf is the new shiny toy. It's it's a new shiny toy for multiple reasons, including political. And we're not going to get into politics, but the new shiny toy eventually is going to get to the point where people are just like not fascinated by it anymore. And I think people are going to come back to the, the PGA Tour and recognize that it's the it's it's the standard. It, it's the best players in the world. It for the most part. I Brooks Kepka. Let's look at the, let's look at the three M. Okay, Brooks I have Kepka, the th- multi multi major winner. So here's the top. This is the three M tour or the three M open. 3M, excuse me, three M the tournament. Yes, this is the top t- or the top the leaderboard on the three M tournament right now, which is a PGA sanctioned event. PGA sanctioned event, but like one of the least publicized and followed in the whole tour and least participated by major golf yes because it's right after the british or excuse me the open it's right after the open no one wants to play after making the long the plane ride so it's not the the highlight of the pga season um grigo um he's number two uh, he's uh, I, I don't know who the first You're dude appears. Sergio Grio. No, Emilio Grio. Okay. Got or it. I think that's his first name. I might be completely wrong. Um, dude, I've never heard about is ten under, uh, tied with them. Tony Finau, Stuart Sink, 
I know he's old, but still up there and uh, tied for fifth. Um, Sung J M at Sung ten. Uh, Hell of a golfer. Danny Willett is thirteenth. Uh, um, maybe not so much in the uh, teens here. Uh, let's go to the top twenty. Okay, so maybe, <laughs> maybe not the most star-studded, but. Tony Finau is a get. Um, Man, Tony Finau, like those names I just gave you from Live Golf, Tony Finau would just mix in as another one of those those type of golfers. I mean, he's not again. He's not. He's not a Brooks Kepka. He's not a Bryson DeChambeau. He's not a Phil Mickelson. He's not even a Sergio Garcia. He has something that they don't, which makes him a way better catch. Which is you know it's a skin color. He he is. I, I'm not like I'm not trying to bring race into it, but he is a much more marketable figure for the PGA or whoever gets him, because you can market him to more people. You, the, even, you even just said right in your sentence right there. You said or whoever gets I, him. exactly whoever gets him. But he is still. A, I mean, his marketability is. I think it's better than Dustin Johnson's. Oh man, I don't know about that. I mean, Dustin Johnson's one major tournaments and he's got the he's got the, one one but, he, but he's also got the aura of wayne gretzky's daughter i mean that is, believe it or not that's a thing in his popularity he all true but he also has the aura of not necessarily being approved of by wayne gretzky even more reason to watch <laughs> i i think tony i would rather have tony fino and Dude, i Dustin think johnson on your yeah, tour yeah oh who would you, you would really, right now, you'd rather have Dustin Johnson going in the next 10 years? Absolutely. Holy shit. That's dumb. I mean, Dustin Johnson's proved he can win majors. He, he was closer in the in the Open Championship. He was he was closer to winning that than Tony Finau was this last go around. Dustin Johnson was in the top 10 for quite some time until he fell off to like, I don't know where he ended up finishing, like 20 or 25th, but Tony Finau wasn't anywhere close. I don't even know if Tony Finau made the cut. Look where Tony Finau ended up. In the Open Championship. Let's look. Jeopardy music. We can't afford it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here are the official world call rankings. That's not what you were looking for. It was easier, though. So this is bullshit. Fuck you. Uh, Dustin Johnson is 16th in the world. <laughs> what is funny about that? Guess what Tony Finau is. I don't know, four? 17. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I win that argument. I'll take All right, it. what's a wash? I'll take it. Anyway, uh, I, would, I would rather have Tony Finau, though. Man, I like Tony Finau better. He's a, he looks like a, I'd rather go get a, a, a Arnold Palmer with him than... Dustin Johnson for sure, because Dustin Johnson's going to put a roofie in it. Harold Varner the third has been just as successful as Tony Finau has in the last couple of years in golf. And to your point, they could be marketed the same way if we're going to rely on like minority status. So, I mean, Tony Finau is not that much ahead but of no, Varner. Hold on, let's. Look. And I think Varner, he's thirty-seven. Varner, I think, has got a top ten in the major within the last year. Finau does. I'm pretty sure as well, though. Um. I, I, I'd still rather have Fino. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just my personal gravitation towards him. I, I and 
I, he's a more relatable dude. I don't I don't relate with getting snow under my nose and falling down the stairs. I don't re- I don't do I that. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I like. I mean, so at one point in time, that was a part of my life. I mean, I never made enough money to do snow, but that's not something that appeals to me. And Askasters, this break is brought to you by 3chai.com. Guys, 3chai.com is an is an amazing source for all of your Delta 8 and Delta 9 needs. Um, guys, I use Delta 8 most every day. Um, it helps me relax, helps me calm down, helps me sleep. Um, I've noticed I'm way happier with it, um, which has been a struggle for me. Sleep and depression have been a struggle for me. So check out 3chai, guys. Um, it's 3chi.com. Um, they will hook you guys up if you have any questions. They're great people to work with. So talk to the people at 3chai.com. Okay, so anything else golf-wise you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. I th- do, do you want to put it out there for the ass casters that we're kind of looking at going and seeing the, the Open next year or, or what? No, I... Yeah, I, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to do a little remote casting from uh, from overseas and have our remote ass caster Lindsay talk and uh, get involved. That, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we definitely are wanting to, we can take this thing overseas. Um, we're trying to get Andy, uh, his. we're trying to get his passport renewed right now, um, which he's failed to make the appointment twice. Twice or three times? We've had to reschedule it twice. Did you reschedule or miss it? No, I rescheduled. Oh, okay. Except for the last time. All right, there it off. is. <laughs> and then I just threw it <laughs> off the calendar. <laughs> busy. Yeah. Um, I mean, Andy, you haven't been to the UK. I have, but you've been to Brazil. Or I mean, have you thought about it? Are you? I mean, have you been too busy with selling the freight grasses that are? No, I'm. I'm going to definitely get my passport updated. It just did not happen in the last month when I told myself it would. Dude, so I looked at my passport picture, and I was flush. I was flush. Yikes. <laughs> Mine, mine was so old. To tell you why I have to renew my passport, mine was so old. I had a uh, an eyebrow ring in my picture. No way. Yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome. I had a baby blue eyebrow ring in. Oh my god, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why they make you renew passports because I don't look like that guy anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah. You wear jeans and a quarter zip when it is 104 degrees. But it's 68 and sunny inside. Ah, it's not even really sunny. We have the we have the shades kind of drawn. Because <laughs> we're fucking vampires. Oh. Okay, so what do you want to move on to? You want to talk about some baseball? You want to talk about some football? Your call, buddy. Um, your call. Why, why don't I, in the... In the essence of popularity let's talk a little bit about football sorry sorry, baseball well it sucks so (laughs) i uh i did make some statements on last week's podcast about aaron Rodgers and aaron Rodgers receivers and my my argument that i was making that i didn't do a great job of fact checking on the fly was was basically here here's where this is coming from 
My... You fucked up, huh? No, no, no. I was more than correct. I feel very good about the argument. Oh, okay. The, the argument was is that Aaron Rodgers has made many average to slightly above average receivers elite wide receivers. And when they leave Green Bay, that that is when they lose some of their, at least their numbers. And the reason this came into play last week on the podcast was because I was asked about my uh, Las Vegas Raiders, who I guess apparently I don't have, uh, folks don't like that I, my allegiances don't stay along with teams. But, you know, if they move out of cities, hashtag St. Louis Rams, FU, and they go to a city like, I don't know, Las Vegas, where I go twice a year, I'm going to follow the I'm Vegas a, Raiders. I'm over it. I mean, the whole fandom shit, like, I get loyalty, but eh, shit changes. Speaking of shit changes, Green Bay wide receivers, here we go. So my statement was, on the podcast last week, is that Aaron Rodgers turned Jordy Nelson, the football and farmer, into a thousand-yard wide receiver. Now, I was right, so I feel very good about that. But would you like, should I even ask you, Scrooge, should I ask you, how many seasons he had that he went above a thousand, or do you just want me to name off the oh, amazingness? We gotta guess, boys and girls. So in his okay, so here we go. He had it looks like about. Oh, oh hold on, can I guess? I'm just telling you how long he played in Green Bay. Oh, okay, okay. So in his 11 years at Green Bay, uh, excuse me, because that last one's open. So in his 10 years at Green Bay, would you like to take a gander at how? God, I hope you're not looking at these in front of your computer. But tell no. me how many thousand-yard receiving seasons Jordy Nelson, wide receiver, K-State had. Three. It's north of three. Five. It's four. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, though. So, okay, so Jordy Nelson, Green Bay wide receiver starting as early as 2008 all the way until 2017, which was his last season with Green Bay. The following season, he ended up in Oakland Raiders, hashtag go Vegas. He had four seasons north of 1,000 receiving yards, but not only was he north of 1,000 receiving yards, he was well north of that. So 2011, he's got 1,263 yards. 2013, he jumps up to 1,314 yards. 2014 was a season that looks like he was um, a pro bowler. He's got a couple different awards for his, his 2014 season. He had 1,519 yards in 2014. Followed that up in 2016. He must have been injured 2014. 15, which I think that does sound right. Didn't yeah, I think injury? he fucked something up, yeah. <laughs> so I guess we skip a year going to 2016. He, he hurt a, himself brandishing a cow. Or the cow hurt him yeah. brandishing the cow. So he had a career-high 14 touchdowns. Also, it looks like he was the Associated Press Player of the Year. Yeah, something. Uh, he must have had a hell of a season. So 13, let's see, oh, 14 touchdowns and 1,257 yards in 2016. So my point about Jordy Nelson being a thousand yard receiver stands firm. Uh, I, I, 
can you really – I mean, he spent the 10 years in Green Bay, and he spent one year in Oakland. Of course, he was old in Oakland. I don't think that's a fair a fair bolster to your argument. Oh, we have many more receivers to talk about. Okay, let's go um, – here's, here's a good one. Here's a good one. To, to your point about a receiver that he had that ended up somewhere else – and maybe didn't do as well. Come on, football reference. From the University of Kentucky, Randall Cobb. Let's see here. Taking a look at the numbers for Randall Cobb. He made Randall Cobb a pro bowler. <laughs> he made... Randall Cobb, a pro in 2014, 1,287 yards and a Pro Bowl appearance for Randall Cobb. And so he played, he's almost got the same timeline as Jordy Nelson as far as like start and end date of your career in Green Bay. He starts in 2011, ends his tenure in Green Bay, in Green Bay at uh, the year 2018, and then he moves on to a collection of teams. But let's, let's look here. His numbers, obviously, I just told you he was as high as 1,287 yards in Green Bay. Then he moves to Dallas, where he had 828 yards. And then God knows who threw him the ball in Houston in 2020 for a total of 441 yards. Was that Deshaun Watson? That was Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And he had 441 yards. Was it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know who else was close. It had to have been Deshaun Watson. Let's check. Oh, he's not a hockey player. God damn it. Oh, well. Yeah, I think it was Deshaun Watson. It was Deshaun Watson. Well. All right, final, final guy to prove my point that Aaron Rodgers has made many receivers. Hold on just a second, just a second. Probably would help if I spelled Donald Driver's name right. <laughs> Donald Driver. You wanna take a you wanna take a shot at his college? I thought Randall Cobb was cool because he was from Kentucky. You have any feel for where uh, Randall Cobb's from? Hmm. Is it? I have no idea. Yeah, you're never gonna get it. He's from Alcorn State. Oh, name the most famous person from Alcorn State. Uh, quarterback for Tennessee. What's his name? Steve McNair. There it is. So, um, Donald Driver, Alcorn State. He was also made into a thousand-yard receiver by Aaron Rodgers. Scrub, would you like to take a gander again? At how many seasons north of a thousand receiving yards Donald Driver had? Five. Donald Driver had seven seasons of thousand yard receiving. God damn. While he was in Green Bay. I don't remember this. <laughs> Pretty good. Anyway. That was my my little point that I needed to make. 
on Green Bay. I'm well. I'm glad you got that out there to the podcast or the Askcast Nation. Well, the reason I got it there is because we're going to go circle back to Kansas City now, and we have to talk about them. So, one of Aaron Rodgers' receivers, one of his weapons last year, oh, now Marquez Valdez Scantling. I'm glad you did it. Is it MVS? Is that how they do it now? Mm, yeah. MVS. So I don't know if that's what he. I mean is. I don't know if that's what he like goes by though. Um, I don't know if he's like JFK or um, who else has three initials? <laughs> RFK. I, I, I think lazy people say MVS. So well, I don't. I don't want to call him the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. More things to edit out. Give the man some <laughs> dignity. So another point that I made on last week's podcast was the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are fucked. And they're fucked for a couple reasons. Mainly because their division is insanely difficult. Second thing being is that their defense, they've got some real issues here on defense. I had asked Schwammy, I think on the last podcast, to, to pull this up and it didn't happen. But now, you know what, since he's not here and he's taking choo-choo trains out to Eureka Springs, Arkansas, now we can pull up this, this Chiefs. Hey, defense. shout out to Lance and Jessica get, uh, for getting married. Oh, hashtag getting uh, married. Yeah, yeah hashtag um, Fayetteville, Arkansas. <laughs> hashtag Fort Smith. Uh, is that where it's at? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, home of Bill Clinton. Is that his official home, Hot Springs? No, but there's a great um, King of the Hill. No, there's a great King of the Hill episode where they go to Hot Springs and, uh, um, oh, God damn. Um, Bobby? No, not, well, Bobby goes down with Hank's uh, boss. uh, God, I can't think of his name. Um, And they go gambling and it's, it's a great episode. But yeah, Bill Clinton is, it says that he's from Hot Springs on the, uh. Uh, billboard. So now I gotta go look up where he's officially from. I can. I mean, we have computers in front of us. We have we have presidentreference.com. Yeah. So okay. So here again, let, let's moving while you're doing that. Let's let's take a look at the Chiefs wide receiver core. Marquez is it Marcus Marquez? What did you say? Marquez Valdez Scantling. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, McCole Hardman, who was just on Jim Rome. What time. a great interview that was. It was it, it was a good interview. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster, um, still I don't even know if he's even 25 years old yet, because he was one of the wide receivers ever coming in uh, as he came in from USC. I think he was like 19 years old. Yeah, when, yeah. When he uh, had declared for he the has draft. a really cool story too. Have you heard about like his background? Juju's no. Yeah, he has a really cool story. Like, um, I think he grew up with like 15 kids in his house or something like that, and like he's just like the most positive dude ever. Like. He's I, I really like Juju. Where'd you hear this? Um, I think it was when he got drafted. Like he like I don't know, I don't like too many USC people, but he's a good one. Like <laughs> I, I like Juju. Fair enough. So one of the things we talked about last week about the receiving core, uh, we, we mentioned the name Sky Moore, the rookie. And I honestly I don't know much about I Sky did not Moore. mention him. Well, he was mentioned, and, and the reason he was mentioned is that as we went through the roster... Dad the mentioned him. 
No, no, no. He mentioned the hockey player. No, other dad. Podcast dad oh, mentioned him. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, we were told that Sky Moore, the new rookie wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, was somebody that was potentially going to be a deep threat to replace Tyreek Hill. I, I'm seeing the depth chart right now, and he is he's not even listed as he, – he's their number four wide receiver. Not to say that the Chiefs don't go forward wide, but – I'm wondering how much of an effect old Sky Moore can have if he's listed as the number four wide receiver for Kansas City. I well, I mean, I guess it could be maybe in Andy Reid is pretty good in the draft. Well, I mean, would you agree? Yeah, I'd say he is. So, I think Andy Reid's good in the draft. I think he might have found himself a little a little gym. Um, if that's what he is, I have no idea. Like, we'll have to ask Shawe when he gets back from Thomas the Train Adventures. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know if he is if he's going to pan out, but he could be, um, or it could be a plus for him um, if defenses don't pay attention to him and he is what Kansas City thinks he is. Look out! So I I think my argument would be this. So. Going back to last year and the year before, like we knew what Kansas City was. Like we knew that Tyreek Hill was the deep threat, and defenses planned accordingly. When when you looked at how defenses played Kansas City, they started as far as the cornerbacks. The corners were at a minimum twelve yards behind the line of scrimmage. Well, I think there's a difference between the two years that they played. The um, last year. Kelsey was the dominant focus of that offense. Last year it was because yes. they couldn't figure out how to get the ball deep anymore. Exactly. So it was um, it was Tyreek. Yeah, it was Tyreek in the first one where um, they were trying to figure him out. I mean, that that was a great setup for that team. And I, I guess this Josh, what's Josh Stone? I don't know who Josh Stone the, is. The fourth wide receiver. Sky Moore. Yeah, same same guy. Exactly. Yeah, same. Guy. I was close. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe he presents that same option that Tyreek did. I, I, I don't think we just start discrediting Andy Reid now. I mean, I guess fair. So we'll we'll see how that works. Uh, I would uh, give you here his specs for Sky Moore, who apparently can't spell his name. Correctly. Is he a goddamn car? Uh, <laughs> specs. <laughs> Yes, based on, yeah, let me give you his specs. Do you have enough specs for me to smoke? I I don't, but I I got some other things if you want them. So Uh, Sky Sky Moore apparently spells his name with two Y's, which strike one. But wide receiver, 5'10", 195 pounds, coming from the wide receiver U, Western Michigan. We'll see. We will see. So that's the wide receiving core for Kansas City. My bigger concern is not even the wide receiving core. It is the defense. So It's always as, the defense. As, as I mentioned to you last podcast, now I'm going to go line by line since Schlammy's out on his choo-choo train out in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Boop, boop. And we're going to talk about the names on this defense. So, rookie on the front end, George Carwakis. Never heard of the guy, but he is a rookie. Where is he from? George Karloftis, defensive end, 6'4", 265 pounds from Purdue. Oh, maybe I have heard of him. Yeah, he's not too strange. (laughs) 
I mean, we do we really know? <laughs> so George Karwalskis on the front line, rookie that is somehow going to get to the quarterbacks in the AFC West. Also on the defensive line, you have Derek Naughty, Chris Jones. Chris Jones is a proven commodity. Frank Clark, also the same thing on your, your defensive line. Nick Bolton, average uh, linebacker at best. Willie Gay Jr., maybe a little bit above average linebacker at best. And then we get into the secondary, and this is where shit gets really scary. So they got a cornerback named Rashad Fenton. I think I remember him. Rashad Fentanyl. Trent. He puts the defenses to sleep. Is he a soothsayer? Because he has Fentanyl. <laughs> Drop it. Uh, Rashad Fenton, cornerback, and then the, uh, the second rookie on the defense, Trent McDuffie, which I believe is a cornerback from Washington. Yes, he was their number one overall pick. But let, here, here's my concern. So he could be... Speaking specifically of Trent McDuffie, he could be a great cornerback. But there was just a great cornerback drafted in the AFC West. And he like he, he didn't have the best season ever. Patrick Sertain over in Denver, he was drafted as either the number 10 or the 11 pick uh, overall mm-hmm. just a year or two ago. Yeah. And he, in my opinion, a much better player. And he is, I mean... God, he's got his work cut out for him in Denver because there's only so much you can do with the AFC West. I. It is going to be the most fun division in football to watch. Um, I it has a feel of kind of the early teens AFC West. Just every every team is, I mean, every team is powerful. Um, I I mean. I don't, does defense really matter that much in that division? I, I don't know anymore. Like I think every team in that division is now capable of throwing up at least 30 points per game. Easily. And, and also giving up the same amount of points. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I have no idea how to handicap the AFC West. Does, does San Diego have the best defense? Well, they're not San Diego. Not, they, well, they oh, my... Thank you, Mr. Oh, my Lord. Um, I would say it's either San Diego or Denver. Denver's defense is really good. They just lost Vaughn Miller. Well, two years ago, lost Vaughn Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Denver's defense isn't going to have as much strain this year now that they got Russell Wilson. True. They're not going to be on the field every fucking fourth play. Hopefully. I, th- I mean, Russell Wilson will, will do, he'll do some damage in Denver. I and Jerry Judy, I brought him up last week. Yes, but because we talked about him getting arrested. It, well, is he available to play? He is. Okay. He is. Okay. That's. I mean, I didn't know after last podcast. I we left in limbo. <laughs> Jerry, so uh, Denver Broncos wide receiving core is pretty damn good, actually. So Cortland Sutton, good, good wide receiver. Jerry Judy is listed as their number two, but I mean he's. I don't know if I totally agree with that. I think Jerry Judy's probably their number one at this point. I mean, because he's on the field. And then wide receiver number three, Tim Patrick. I mean, looks good. I mean, he's a good receiver, Tim Patrick is. So, I mean, there's some weapons. And then going to where, man, Denver, Denver's got two running backs. They, uh, 
split time last year with Melvin Gordon as officially the, the number one running back and Javante Williams as their, like, basically their 1B. Javante Williams is going to be their primary running back this year, and he is awesome. I haven't, I, I didn't pay enough attention. I don't, I have no idea. So, the, Denver's going to be much better. I mean, if they were, I don't even know how many games they won last year. Oh, they, they won, they won seven games, and now they get Russell Wilson. Are you, are you, tell, are you telling me Russell Wilson is that much of an upgrade than Drew Long? You couldn't even say it with a straight face. That was awesome. Yes. <laughs> R.I.P. Man. <laughs> oh. So Drew Luck, I do appreciate that you rap on the sidelines. Like that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, you're not very good, but you rap on the sidelines. I don't know what you're rapping. I'm, I'm I'm maybe a Lamar a Kendrick Lamar fan. You want to talk about your uh, what city did you say the Chargers were from? San Diego. San Diego. <laughs> Would you like you want to talk about their defense <clears throat> a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm pitching to you. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want to hear it. Oh, here we go. Just line by line. So let's. Uh, there's some really, really, really good players here. So, Joey Bosa, amazing linebacker. Also, linebacker Drew Tranquil is, is really good. From? I don't know. Is he Notre, Notre Dame? Dame, baby? Is he really? Yes. I did not remember. And they got another Notre Dame boy on that on that defense, too. And Wosu? I'm looking. And Wosu, I don't see him, but that's not the same. But that's not the same. Maybe I have it wrong. Never mind. Keep Fair enough. So anyway, so like like premier defensive players for San Diego, as you called them, Joey Bosa, Drew Tranquil, Khalil Mack, Asante Samuel. Uh, they have James. Khalil Mack. I mean, that's an incredible. I forgot defense. about that. That is an incredible defense. So, and they should have gone so much farther last season, but their fucking coach is like a analytics crazy, uber aggressive person. They. They should have won the game at the end of the season. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And they, they blew it. And it, not really the team blew it. The coach blew it. And he blew it because of analytics. And I don't think he's going to change. But I, at the end of the day, I think they're going to be able to survive some of those weird analytical moves that their coach makes. Brandon Staley. Mm-hmm. Nerd. Nerd! <laughs> so, anything else football-wise you want to touch on? Yeah, I, I, I mean, are you excited for, I mean, I guess the Vegas Raiders? I am excited because I don't know what's going to happen. So I feel like in a lot of football, you, you and I know well enough what's going to happen. The AFC West, I have no clue what's going to happen. And the, some of the folks that I, I follow on gambling websites and that talk about betting... Man, I don't know how they have any confidence in betting on any of that stuff. I have no clue. I would say that there is probably a coin flip chance that the Chargers could win the division with the Chiefs. And as far as, like, playoff prospects, I mean, there is a possibility that the Chargers, Chiefs, and maybe another team in that division could take care of the Wild Card. They could get three teams into the playoffs. So, man, looking at the 
who is projected to be the worst team in that division, which is the, the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they're 8-1 to one to win the division. And their defense is... I mean, they got a, they got a decent defense, and they're awesome on... Uh, well, I don't know if they're awesome on offense, but they're going to be... I mean, they're formidable at offense. They can score with anybody. <laughs> I just went to... Uh... My betting or my betting website to look up the odds, and I automatically just went to the craps table. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, yeah, I, I I don't. I think Oklahoma or not Oklahoma, Oakland is going to or Las Vegas now. Um, I think they finish second behind San Diego. Man. What? We'll see. There, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to pull some rabbits out of his hat that you, you just don't see coming. But that, like I said, we've, we've talked about it now for two podcasts. That defense is going to be a an issue. And that schedule is going to be an issue. They, I would not be surprised, and this is going to be our, like, I don't know if we do hot takes. I don't know. We, we don't do hot We don't do hot. This is my... Um, lukewarm suggestion this is your hot dog water no not hot dog water <clears throat> no 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 this is just my lukewarm suggestion <laughs> um chiefs finish fourth in the afc west i, I could see it happening i could see it happening bet it up boys and girls about all that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here in the coming weeks, as casters, we will talk. Uh, we're going to start digging a lot more into football, not only professional but college. We are not that far away from college football. It is close. So there's uh, there's some interesting storylines on the, the college side of things I'm really excited to talk about. So Lincoln Riley landing in USC, and now USC being the most heavily bet on team to win uh, the Pac-12, I think is interesting and uh, fun to look at. I don't know if we want to talk about the realignments of conferences and teams leaving, but maybe we'll get into that. There's also, uh, there is a great prop bet that will allow you in college football to bet on either uh, Alabama or Georgia to be the champions against the field of college football which is paying minus 130, which is a pretty interesting bet. That means you have to saddle your your horsey to uh, to either Georgia or Alabama, which are good bets. Alabama, man, they're going to be good again, and they have the best. I'm, I'm going to throw some money down Heisman-wise on Will Anderson Jr., their linebacker. He was the best player. Man, he was close last year to being the best player in, in college football. This year, him and C.J. Stroud are going to battle it out for best player in college football. But I'm getting a little bit lost in all the things we've talked about. Are you hopping in? Bryce Young still is at, I mean, he's still there at Alabama. Yep. <clears throat> so, I, C.J. Stroud, I don't think he's the number one uh, quarterback going into the next year's draft. Man, so college football is going to be fun. Uh, you'll you'll learn, ask casters, that we got some Notre Dame allegiances uh, in this number one class in 2023 and 2024 right Recruiting now. Recruiting class, yeah, but an absolutely brutal schedule coming huh. up, uh, including I believe Ohio State right out. Of the start game. off the yeah, yeah. 
So in the shoe. Oh man, and then there, there's a couple other weird things in college football that uh, we we might start talking about. Uh, there's a transfer for Oklahoma that is going to be their their quarterback. He used to be the, his uh, coach at a, a different place before he transferred, and so is he going to be able to fill uh, that that position at Oklahoma and make them a, a conference champion again or beyond? And then. Florida, I, I'm just going to put this out there now, Florida is probably going to have one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in all of college football that nobody knows yet. And we can talk about him because I think he's going to pop up on the radar a little bit. And Clemson, Clemson's 14-1 to to win the college championship. And it's all because we don't know if DJ Wonga Wongale can play position or not. So anyway, so go ahead. So... Uh, this is my this is the deepest recruiting drive we'll have from me the whole year. So you're talking about oh, DJ oh. Ugalagalele. I think that's I'm pronouncing his name right. So on the one of the seasons of um oh shit, what's the show on Netflix? Um quarterback number Sorry, 1. But first you'll have to unlock your device. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that was weird. Uh all right. <laughs> Fucking Google's talking to us. Um, DJ. Oh yeah. So on quarterback number one, um, DJ Ugalagalele was in high school and he was playing against IMG Academy, I believe, in California. Yeah. Yeah. And he was playing against them. Right. And he did not look good. He and I think as far as far as a player goes, he did not look comfortable. Um, he, when he had to move around the pocket and I know that's one of his strengths, I guess he didn't look comfortable. He was missing throws kind of what we saw this season coming from him. I don't, I think he was over touted as a recruit. I don't think he's, I don't think he's the shit. Like he, everyone think he, thinks he is. He, well, I don't know if everybody thinks he is anymore. I think a lot of people well, as, as, coming in, they did. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I think after his performance last season, uh, a lot of people jumped off the bandwagon for Clemson. And when you look, now granted, at, at the end of the season, Clemson started winning some games, but they were not scoring a lot of points. If we look through the entire season for Clemson in its entirety last season, they were brutal. I mean, they were tough. And uh, there's, a, there's a little bit of uh, feedback from people in Clemson that are saying, that now he's lost 30 pounds, I'm speaking specifically to the quarterback, so maybe that's going to actually help him a little bit to be a little bit more mobile. I mean, he did have, I mean, he had some moments when he was a high schooler. You can see some of the things that he did where he was able to scramble out of the tackle box and make some plays, but he, if Clemson is going to have any prayer, he has to make basically a 180. He doesn't need to make like a gradual improvement. He needs to be a completely different person coming into this season. Which I'm not saying, and I'm not a a recruiter at all for football. But, I mean, maybe he was a five-star recruit for his physical ability and not his, his physical prospects and not his ability to complete passes. Maybe he, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a recruiter. I'm not Davo Sweeney, but... I, I I see a dude who just struggles, and yeah. maybe maybe the thirty pounds lost does help him. But I, 
Yeah, so so again, to that point, so we'll see where Clemson lands. I think there's some mixed feedback on that quarterback that we're talking about. I, man, I, I actually had him before the beginning of last season. I betted on him to win the Heisman just because of some of the, the, the touting that he had coming into that year. And I, I have not completely given up on hope on him. But people as educated in college football as Doug Kazarian at ESPN from Daily Wager, he said that he doesn't think, again, taking it maybe a little bit out of context, he's not completely certain DJ Owongolongole is going to make it as a starter throughout the entire year. So that would be that would be a pretty big shift in what's going on in Clemson because he is definitely going to go into the season as number one. And we've seen it from Dabo Sweeney before. He will pull the trigger on guys pretty quick. So what at the beginning of the season, could Dabo Sweeney decide that he's going to go with a split platoon at quarterback right out of the gate at game one? Absolutely possible. Did he uh, – was it Deshaun Watson that he did that with? And he – oh, man. He did that. It was either him or um... – I feel like Deshaun Watson was pretty solidified. Not his freshman year, though. Or am I thinking of, um, oh, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed? Oh, Trevor? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. Trevor, no, well, Trevor Lawrence came in for an injured quarterback, and he stepped in immediately, and he never lost it. And he, Dabo Sweeney. Maybe never, that's what I'm thinking Dabo about. Dabo Sweeney never subbed out after that. And I think that quarterback. He that, transferred, right? I think to Oklahoma or something like yeah. that was my recollection. Somewhere, yeah, yeah. not, yeah. So anyway, so long-winded way of telling you guys, ass casters, is that there's some uh, some different things coming here in the next couple of weeks, and we can speak to some different sports. And uh, again, we can we can speak to whatever. Hold on, I'm gonna sneeze here. Hold on. Woo, <coughs> Jeopardy. So anyway, I think it is blue. Uh, Scrooge eardrums out. Let's uh let's put a bow on this one, Scrooge. Let's talk. I'll let you wrap it up. Whatever you feel to wrap it up today. <coughs> you you watched season three of Stranger Things last night. You watched episode one, season four today. How you feeling? It it's one of the best produced shows ever. The in the nostalgia of all those different things you see from the the old coca-cola can to the old u-haul truck to the old this and the old that and they've done such a good job of just bringing back things that i i'm a i'm a 1983 kid and man some of those things like i I can't necessarily say that i remember every single one of those references that they make but man it's good to see those always jog your memory and those uh the storyline's great They, they they continue to uh, progress that storyline along into to season four, and the characters are great. Winona Ryder, I like her. I like there's a lot of characters. Billy, Bobby, Bobby, Millie, Bobby Brown, or however you say her. Billy, Billy, uh, Millie, Bobby Brown. Uh, yeah, she she does a good job, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's good. I'm gonna try to finish that up here after the podcast, actually. So I don't know. Um... I forgot where I saw this, but it showed a it showed the actor who played Jim Hopper. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Dave Harbor, and it showed him from season one to when he's in he's going to be in a Russian prison. Yeah, I think you already know that. Yeah. Um, 
His body transformation? Holy shit, that dude put in work. Like, he like he went from having a like super dad bod to like being hulked out. Like Well, I, I will say this. I was a little disappointed going into season four when the status of Mr. Hopper was uncertain. When they previewed the first episode and you go into the beginning of episode one of season four, they do the credits on the front end. His name was on the front end of the credits. Yeah. A little disappointing. Well, and I forgot just how season three ends, but isn't there a, isn't there a scan shot to the, uh, the, the camp in Russia and they show Hopper nailing away at something? How many beers deep were you last night? Well, that's exciting for you to watch, and you just finished The Wire, correct? I did finish The Wire. Um, how'd that go? Where Where does that rank in your top five shows of all time? I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna put it top five. Whoa! Are you serious? Yeah, I think towards the end it started to lose me a little bit. Um, top 10, I think, is fair, but top 5, I'd probably have to go back to the drawing board and reevaluate that. I think you, you had kind of got my hopes up that the the final season, season 5, was going to be really, really good. I wasn't a huge fan of how some of those episodes were. Not The, the very nice thing at the end, yeah, they tied in and finished The up scene with, uh, with, uh, oh, shit. Marlowe in his corner. Yeah, I mean that was okay. There, there were some things that they that made sense that you wanted to see at the end of that, but I, I don't know. I just I, I, some of those when we lost some of those characters through season two, three, and four. It, it, I, I I don't know. So I don't know. It's the summertime, so I feel like we can fill up a little bit of just some pop culture here. Um. So I was watching. So Michael will I think his name's Michael Williams, the the guy who plays Omar. Uh huh. He is on. He Isn't has a, he dead. Yeah, he's dead. Uh huh. But he has a bunch of shows on the Vice Network, uh, Vice News, or so. I, I don't know. It's on Hulu. Um, and one tackles. He does the un, like kind of like um black market stuff. I think it's called Black Market. Incredible show. Give it a watch. But he also does a show, um, and I forget, I think it was just a Wire uh, documentary, a docu-series. And remember in season five, and I think in season four, the little girl who, like, she had a very thick accent, like, kind of, um, she was a squat kind of girl, and she had long dreads. Maybe a little bit, yeah. So she is from Baltimore and, like, was actually in prison and, like, in the system. And I don't know if she was in the system while she was working on The Wire. But, like, and I think there's more to that story. I think The Wire had, because I think oh, um, Michael Williams, I think, or, I, God, I'm going to get his name wrong. The porn bots are going to kill me. But the guy who played Omar, um, I think he did some time, too. Um, it's, a, like, it's very interesting. Um and, they, and he's a he's a like he does a great job uh, do, like connecting with the people on the black market. Um, check it out; it's a good show. Well, that's a good show. I mean, it's definitely worth watching. So, uh, anything else you want to tie a bow on today? That's all I got, Chief. Fair enough. So, uh, 
I'll just leave it at this, guys. Again, appreciate the, the downloads from everywhere, uh, domestically and internationally. We're doing our best to make the, the technology better and make the performance a little bit better and make the, the content a little better. We are still open, again, to talking about any of the content that you would want. So if you have anything that you would like discussed a little bit more in detail regarding a specific person, a specific team, whatever it is, just holler at us at the, the different socials that we got. We try to um, lean you to our, our Twitter, which is at AskCasters, uh, at A-S-S-C-A-S-T-E-R-S. -S -S -S. So uh, please try to find us there. Give us a like if you like us. And then we will uh, probably see you here. I, the sports calendar is only going to get better from here. We are, I mean, we're going to get through these doldrums of, of mid-July, and we're going to actually start having some things pick up here in just a little I've bit. I've been destroying it on Grand Theft Auto. Yeah? Just killing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, it's coming to the point where people try to mess with me when I'm doing my errands, and they don't like the results. <laughs> so so I think what he's telling you, Askasters, is we need some different topics to talk about immediately to pull him away from the PlayStation or his Xbox. So... Uh, again, appreciate the listenership. Stroud, appreciate you. Hey, buddy. Appreciate and you. We will, we will do this again in a week. Shaway, have fun with uh, your your lady. Um, we miss you. See, Dangle, we, we miss you too. I think you were just too, uh, too hungover to make it today. <laughs> <laughs>